Welcome to The Ty Lucas Show, where the life experiences of others helps you to improve your health, wealth, and relationships. Here is your host, Ty Lucas. Well, good morning, or maybe it's not morning for you, but it is for me, and welcome back to The Ty Lucas Show. Today, I'm absolutely pumped, as per usual, on podcast day that I've got a close friend of mine, Zach, on the show today and we talk all things stepping into fatherhood, a bit of bus life and entrepreneurial journeys at their raw point. So this is a really interesting show and we kind of go pretty deep into what it's like to, I guess, be at rock bottom and then get yourself from there to where you really want to be as a father in financial situations and just overall happiness. So welcome to the show with Zach. Welcome to the show, Zach. I'm, I'm pretty excited for today. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's, um, it's such a great, uh, it's such an honor and such a great opportunity for me to be here and to share my story, uh, through an, another means, yeah. Through through through, through other people to, to other people's ears. Plugging it in, plugging it in. Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty pumped for t- for today's show with Zach because um, by the time this gets released, it could be like basically right on <laughs> when uh, Sky and I are having our baby. So it'll be in a couple of weeks' time from how we're recording it now. So what I want to touch on today with you, Zach, is pretty much stepping into fatherhood. So this this is something completely new for me. And just like becoming friends with you through, you know, Sky and Nat, like one of the coolest things that I've seen from you is like I really respect the way that you are as a father and, and how you show up for your kids. So like that's kind of what I want to like steer towards with this show. But um, to start things off, just for the lif- listeners, let, let's give them a bit of a background on, you know, <laughs> who you are and, and where you're from and and uh, how we came into into contact, basically, man. So I'll let you run it from there. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm from uh, Western Australia, the southwest. I grew up uh, my early childhood in Margaret River. Yeah. Um, and my parents separated when I was about two. Um, and a couple of years later, my mum moved with myself up to Perth, um, which was three hours away. So yeah. I spent um, to take me to school. Um, she had a good school up there. Um, and yeah, so I guess my childhood was spent living with one parent and going to my dad for school holidays. So I'd only see my dad a few times a year. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, like I, I've, I've come from quite, I guess like an alternative background. Um, my dad is a falconer by trade, so he trains birds of prey. Um, yeah, right. I didn't even know that. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so he he worked for many years at a uh, like a raptor rehabilitation center, um, training like working with sick and injured birds and getting them to the point where he can release them again. Did um, you did you get to spend some time with him doing that on your school holidays? Yeah, oh. I used to go out with him in, into the fields and watch him train the falcons and and all of that stuff. Um, so that was pretty cool. He's from England, so um, a falconry over there is quite big. Um, yeah, but he brought that to Australia with him and my mum. When I was quite young, she studied um, homeopathy, um, so she yeah, nice. uh, became a homeopathic practitioner. Um, and is, like, she, is she still practicing now? 
so sh- she she's not practicing homeopathy full time. She's got it there. She's actually a full time conventional mid- midwife now. Yeah, right. Um, in a, in one of the big maternity hospitals in Perth, but yep. um, yeah, she's she's had a really kind of like holistic background to what she does now in the mm-hmm. in the health world, I guess, um, which I think is amazing. Um, so yeah, I grew up with a with a, a single mum and seeing my dad my dad a few times a year um mm-hmm. and then i was also an only child until i was about 8 and then um my mum met another man and she had three more kids with with him um yep. but remained single and he never lived with us um so yeah there was four of us kids there was a big age gap um mm-hmm between me and my younger siblings. So there's 14 years between me and my the youngest one. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of grew up with my mum, I guess, like helping raise my siblings. Yeah, so you're kind of like the man of the, man, man of the family sort of thing, like the, the, that fatherhood figure for, for your younger siblings, really. Yeah, um, and kind of like I just took that on, I think, from a young... Like, it might sound like a little bit cliche, but I feel like I was really born to be a father. Yeah. Um, I, I've never had trouble picking, like stepping into that role. Yeah. Um, and so from a very young age, I, I always had that sort of, that caring nature and that um, like wanting to, I guess wanting to serve and wanting to, to look after and, and care for others. Um, and that was, you know, a lot of what I did with my siblings. Um, so I was there obviously like going to school and then coming home and just helping out and just helping out around the house and, and, and really, um, just being that father figure really for, for, you, for your little brother. Is it, a, is it all, all brothers or so a, a couple of sisters and a brother? Or? Two sisters and the brother in the middle. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of, I did this without really thinking about it. It was never like, oh, I'm stepping into a father figure for them. And it wasn't until older, when I, once I got older and I met my now partner, Nat, even before we had kids that it kind of started to become apparent to me that I was really, um, you know, I'd done a lot for my siblings, um, and I wanted to do a lot for them always. Um, and (laughs) I think some, you know, I had a very busy teenagehood. Um, I was, you know, I was good at school. Yeah. Um, I studied um, classical performance. So I, I studied classical viola um, and I was um, also trained in choral singing. So I sung with like Australian choirs. Yeah, um, right. I didn't know that. So like I had a very busy kind of structured teenagehood. Yep. Um, as, as well as all the kind of partying and all that stuff that most teenagers get up to. Um, yeah. I was pretty committed to what I was doing. Um, at that stage of my life um, mm-hmm. and I was at sort of a very good musical school um, which I had to audition for yeah. um, and so I really I feel like I made the most of that um, and yeah like I guess yeah I was looking back like I was a very committed teenager mm. you know I was very good at getting the shit done yeah. and then also just helping around the house. 
Like I look at my younger siblings now, <laughs> they're, they're still teenagers. Yeah, wow. and man, they're little shits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just it's stories from my mum. You know, I'm just like, whoa, that was just never me. Yeah, that was never yeah. me. I was always really honest with mum, and I think, and and always helped out a lot. And I think it really came from a point of just wanting to help her because you know, as a single mum of four, like that was really challenging for her with absolutely no support. She was the only one out of her whole ex- like extended family that lived in WA, mm-hmm. all the rest were on the East Coast. And so she didn't have oh. that family support either, which was completely her choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then not having support from, you know, really my father or, or the kids. Or any of the family. With yeah, like brother, yeah. any of that. So I was really just, you know, like... It didn't feel like a lot of guilt, but I think there was a bit of guilt in there um, yeah. looking back at it and just, you know, just wanting my mum to, to, to be okay um, yeah. because it was pretty challenging times for her. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah, and like I, aside from all of that stuff, I, I also um, studied natural horsemanship. So from a very young age, from about the age of eight, I, was, I started learning how to ride horses um, and carried that right through and used to go and... Um, help my teacher on like at her natural horsemanship school every yeah. every school holidays I used to do camps um and i learned how to develop really incredible relationships with horses through a lot of energy work um and oh. yeah that uh tell, um, yeah, tell, tell us a bit about that energy work because my experience with horses to be honest <laughs> <laughs> um like for me like my younger sister roxy um she had a Shetland pony called Darcy and like I'm 11 years older than my younger sister like we've got something similar there so um one of the things that we used to do was like you know like jump on the Shetland pony like with me and my mates like being a bit older right (laughs) good luck with that one yeah and it just brushed me off this tree the first time I did it like it went bareback and then just brushed me off a tree like obviously the energy there was like I was taking it as a challenge, like like a rodeo. But like, um, I guess your experience with horses is probably a bit different to that. Yeah, man. I mean, like horses are so sensitive to the energy you come into their space with. Um, mm. Shetland ponies are a little bit of a, a, a different kettle of fish. <laughs> <laughs> they've got some attitude, those things. Um, yeah. But yeah, like a, I guess... Um, a lot of the work that I learned how to do and then teach others was just using your body. Um, you know, we I think we see a lot of the time, you know, horse racing and, and Olympics and all these kind of like, you know, all this full-on dressage and all this stuff we see in competition. Um, like horses are kind of restrained and forced and yeah. kind of kicked and whipped and all this stuff. Um, and, you know, essentially as, as a natural horseman, our our goal is to be able to ride these horses with nothing, yeah, with no reins, with no saddle or anything, and just use our legs um, and 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 pressure rather than like hitting. Um, so using yeah. our legs on certain parts of them and using our breath and using our our energy. So you know you breathe out and your horse feels that and it comes to a stop or um, mm. just like being really in tune. Um, so I kind of I did that on and off. I did that throughout my, my teenage years um, really consistently but never had enough time to focus too much on it because obviously school yeah. and stuff. Um, but once I left school, I had no idea, as most of us... <laughs> I still don't really have yeah. that much of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are having a yarn. Um, about, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do and, yeah. and um, I had an opportunity to go and 
um, move on to the move to Victoria um, and and uh, live with an old writing teacher of mine and help her set up a her sort of um, horsemanship school. Yeah, cool. And help help keep her horses trained and all that stuff. So I did that for sort of seven months, and then I actually got an opportunity to work with a guy called Greg Powell, who is kind of known as Australia's horse handler. Um, mm-hmm. So he's trained people like Hugh Jackman and stuff for the movie Australia. Oh, wow. Um, how to ride the horses in that movie. And um, uh, yeah, like he, I, I saw him on a TV show and that's how I, I was introduced to him. And I managed to find his phone number and I gave him a call. Yeah. And looking back when I was 18, that was like a pretty huge step for me to call someone yeah. who I'd just seen on TV. Um, but he ended up being a great guy and he invited me to go and work with him for a year. Amazing. Um, so I did that um, sort of in the back country out of out of the ACT, just yeah. um, out of a place called Goulburn. Yeah, right. Which is I've uh, no idea where that is. <laughs> uh, it's about three hours sort of south of Sydney. Yeah. Um, in the middle of nowhere, really. Yeah. So I, I lived there on my own in a little shack, and I helped him with his um, with his clients and with his horses, and learnt a whole lot of stuff from him, which was. Um, Really amazing to do. Yeah, what an experience that would have been. Yeah, and and I guess from there, that's where, like, the stuff with horses, I decided to move back to WA to try and go to university, Yeah, um, which I, I lasted a month. What, what did you try? <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing an arts degree. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, nah, I can't yeah. do this. This is not... Yeah, doesn't have enough direction. I don't know why I'm here. Like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and work in hospitality. Yeah, I get yeah. So I, I quit uni and I, I got a job at a cafe and... Um, Ended up being a pretty great barista and yeah. also learning how to roast coffee, roast, yeah, roast beans. Um, Good skill to have. It's never going away, is it, <laughs> coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a great industry. I love hospitality. I love people. Yeah. I, love, um, I love talking. I love connecting. Um, yeah. So it was, it was great. Um, and then through Hospo, I, I met my partner, my now partner, Nat. Yeah, I I actually employed her. I was her boss for about six months, (laughs) (laughs) which was super interesting. Yeah, Um, you're coming on a date with me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, And our plans, we kind of met each other in amongst um, traveling. So we were both in my early 20s. I went overseas a lot. So Mm -hmm. I'd kind of travel for four months, come back and work for eight months and, and keep doing that. Um, yep. And she was doing the same and we just met in Margaret River. I'd moved back to Margaret River, mm-hmm. um, which uh, was amazing. Um, is Nat from Margaret River? Or she's from... She's from Sydney. She's from Sydney, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, we six months later, we, we travelled, we went travelling. So we travelled the world. Um, and so we, we first went to India. Yeah. Um, and before all this, like from the very get-go of our relationship, we were speaking of kids. Um, from the first time we met each other, um, we both knew we really wanted children. Um, yeah, no us. And for me, I just, I wanted to do a few things before we had kids. I wanted to kind of get a few more things out of the way that I'd had in my mind. Um, and I started to kind of have to let go a bit of that um, because mm. she was really... She she had a deep desire to have children yeah. really soon, and I knew that I was going to have kids really soon. But I was kind of mm-hmm. just holding off, and I feel like it's a bit of a pattern, you know. Even once you've had one child, and you know you're going to have a second, you kind of 
it's this kind of like, oh, there's never a right time. Yeah. Um, do you know you're going to have a third or what? We do know we're going to have a third, <laughs> but right now it feels completely wild. <laughs> Not right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, so. So ticking those things off, was that traveling, one of those things that you wanted to get? Alone? That was the main thing. Yeah. So I had this idea that I wanted to go overseas for a year and get a working visa somewhere and yeah. work maybe in Europe or something. Um. So we went to India, we spent sort of three months in India and then we uh, did a bit more in Southeast Asia and then flew to Europe um, mm -hmm. and uh, then went back to India um, and it was when we were back in India that um, we, me and my partner, had a conversation around conception mm -hmm. and we we decided then that um, we were going to try and conceive. Yeah, we are. Going to try and, yeah, fall pregnant. Yeah. And so we fell pregnant two weeks later. Uh, <laughs> just just needed to have an hour. <laughs> just like, right. It was like uh, we weren't going to try, but we weren't going to try not to. That's um, exactly Scott and I, the same thing. We were like, got to a point because, yeah, we were the same, you know, like wanted to, you know, get some traveling out of the way. But, you know, all this this, the, this flu that's going around kind of held that up. So um, pretty much we were just like, you know, whenever it happens, it happens. Literally. Within two weeks, I was like, I'm, I'm pregnant. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> so all that needed to be said was like, we're not trying, but if yeah. it happens, it happens, and it happens pretty yeah. quick if it's meant to be, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm very grateful that it happens so kind of effortlessly and easily because mm. I know, you know, it can often be the case that people do try for a long time, yeah. um, even when they're fit and healthy and they've got other things going on that they're not sure about. So Yeah, yeah. Very grateful for that. Um, and so, yeah, we we found out we were pregnant when um, we'd flown from India back to the UK. Yep. And we were planning to go to Ireland to then work because I had a visa and my, t my partner's got an Italian passport. So she has rights yeah, right. to, to, cool. to work and live in Europe. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, we found out the day we got to Ireland. Um, and it was December in Ireland miserable <laughs> just like drizzly horrible weather coming you know being an australian we don't have even our winters aren't like that yeah yeah um so yeah we it was leading up to christmas and we just decided that we'd come back to australia yeah to to have the pregnancy and and to then have have bub yeah um so we flew back about three weeks later and so you came back to WA then? or So we flew back to Perth. Yep. Um, both of our mums were actually in Perth at that time. Um, yep. So we just, yeah, it felt good to be there near them. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I guess that's where, that's where really like stepping into fatherhood comes into play in, in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so I can, I can just carry on if you're happy for me to keep, yeah, keep carrying on. Man. Well, well, something I want to touch on with that because like, you obviously know that Sky and I have j just bought a, a bus and, and we've fully stripped that out and we're, we're setting up to, you know, like set that up so that we can start travelling around Australia. Um, and that's something that we've seen you guys do and Sky was, and I have always loved and wanted to travel together and because of the current circumstances, like this seems like a really good way to travel. So um, for Sky and I, it's, it's quite good. Like we, we've worked quite hard on, you know, setting ourselves up with online income so we can work from wherever we want but 
let's run it through, like, let's go through that for you guys because you guys actually have already done this. You got your bus, you, you've travelled around Australia in there. Like, walk us through that because I'm a bit excited mm. uh, to be setting off next year ourselves. So, yeah, give, mm. give us a couple stories on that. <laughs> On the actual bus life itself, yeah, and or the and journey to becoming bus life, like, or a, a bit of both, and then like yeah. alongside that, like you know, having having a kid with mm-hmm. you because that's one of the biggest things that mm. a lot of people have said to us, like, you know, you got a newborn, like that'll be hectic, yeah, like is it really or is it you know just hectic for those that don't know mm. how to live that sort of lifestyle yeah, yeah yeah so i think just like stepping back a little bit um as soon as we had our firstborn um son tallow mm-hmm. it was very apparent very quickly that uh, me going to work full-time was not going to be sustainable mm-hmm. um and around the time he was born i was kind of lucky in my job to choose my hours a little bit so i decided yeah. to only like after two weeks of after he was born i went back to work yeah um but I only went back for three days a week, yeah. um, which was an absolute godsend, godsend and, and amazing for that because that's all we knew. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't know yet ha- like what it was like actually running a business from home and being able to be together all the time. Yeah, that's um, cool. So that very quickly became our number one priority was like how are we going to create income from us, like just both being together with our son all the time and being able to support yeah. our son and each other and and all of that stuff. So. Being full time parents, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that like that was the beginning of 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 our, I guess like sought after entrepreneurial mm. lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we wanted to work from home. We wanted to run whatever kind of business it was going to be from home. Yeah. Because we could be together all the time. Um. So when Tao was three months old, we got up, we left WA and we moved over to the Sunshine Coast, yeah. um, which was like the best move we've ever done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and on the way, we so we drove across. We took about six weeks to come across and we had a tent and um, we also stayed in a few Airbnbs along the way. Yeah. And that was pretty hairy. Yeah, like <laughs> people thought we were completely mad getting up with a three-month-old and driving across the Nullarbor. Um, and it felt scary until we were doing it and it felt amazing when we were doing it. Um, mm. But tenting was not the way forward. <laughs> um, and along the way, we um, we discovered a, a couple on YouTube um, who were living a van life um, mm-hmm. with their young daughter. Um, and we're now very good friends with these people. Um, but it kind of showed us like how it would be possible to sustain that lifestyle. Like we needed to find a van or a bus and yeah. deck it out as a really like like functional home yeah. that we could have on the road with us wherever we went. Yeah, so you're comfortable and you can kind of... Yep. Yeah, and minimal... Know, mobile. Yeah, yeah and, and minimal setup. Yeah. Um, so we still didn't know whether like where the income was going to come from, but we knew the lifestyle we wanted to live at that Mm. stage. Um, So once we got to the Sunshine Coast, we very quickly started looking for vans and buses um, and we ended up getting a coaster bus like what you guys have bought now. Yeah. So, and in amongst this time, I was roasting coffee. So I was working four days a week, um, sort of 
my hours were pretty amazing. I'd, I'd work from about four till 12 every day. Yeah, um, yeah. So we'd have the afternoons together um, as a family. And that was with my partner, Sky. You were working with And that was with your partner, yeah, Sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember her walking in. She'd been away to Bali or something and yeah. I'd already started and she walked in and I was like, who's, th- who's this cool chick? <laughs> <laughs> she looks rad. Yeah. Um, From her side of things, she's told me the same thing. She was like... Who's this guy that's actually taken my job? Why would she come back? That was her thought process at the time. So I was like a bit of like, you're like, this chick looks cool. And yeah, she's like, who's like, this yeah. guy that's taken my job? Get out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, our plan was to buy this bus, to deck it out over about six months. Um, no skills at all. I'm not a carpenter. I'm, I'm not a builder. I'm not very like handy in that sense um mm. although anyone can learn these skills um, yeah. once you put your mind to it and youtube it's great <laughs> uh, youtube's amazing um so yeah we spent the next six months decking out this bus um with the aim of getting on the road and uh in this time also my partner nat she started putting effort into her social media platforms and we also started a youtube youtube channel um yeah. to document our lifestyle from this point onwards. Um, We were surrounded by a couple of people who were very uh, successful in the YouTube world and earning a great income through that platform. So that was kind of like our our drive behind what we were doing is like this, we could really make this work documenting our life and actually earning money from what we're documenting. Um, So yeah, six months later, we jumped in the bus, like I'm missing a whole lot of ups and downs in that, in that journey there. But like yeah, yeah. it was wild. Um, actually, 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 bus. actually yeah. fitting it out and yeah. um, juggling, you know, new parenthood and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, um, and work and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, we we ended up in our bus when Tal was about uh, fifteen months old. Yeah. Um, so not newborn, like kind of what you guys are aiming at, but yeah, yeah. you know, a, a toddler, um, I think a lot of people still look at that and they're like, how do you do that? How mm. do you travel with a kid that small? Um, yeah, yeah. and I think for us, like we, <laughs> we'd already started constructing our life around a child before our baby was born. So mm. I feel like when you bring a baby into the world, there's got to be an element of like slowing down. Yeah. And I know a lot of this, this isn't the case with a majority of people. And I think that's why it becomes so stressful and so like, w- like crazy and wild when you do bring a child in because the child then just has to fit in yeah. with your really, really strict schedule. And it's just mayhem. Yeah. Um, that's one of the biggest things that I guess has been like I, the persona that I, I, I have um i guess heard from uh, quite a quite a few people is like oh you've got to have this you've got to have that like got to set up for this and you got to be ready and to me it just feels like you know I'm, I'm already busy and then you know i'm stacking all this other stuff on top of that and then plus i'm going to have a newborn like that's just mayhem to me like all right yeah I'm, I'm working a bit harder at the moment to actually leverage myself away from my business a little bit more so that i can be more present and slow down just as you're saying but like to you know have that headspace of i've got to do more provide more and put that pressure on yourself and then have a kid on top of that from what you're already doing like that's when i feel like stuff starts to Mm. you know crumble Mm, absolutely (laughs) and i think like watching you guys and the way you're going about your preparation to become parents is like in my eyes that's like ideal 
it's pretty amazing to watch you guys and, and what you're kind of developing and constructing and then allowing your baby to come into that space that you've really kind of intentionally created um, mm. around work and life and um, lifestyle and all of that stuff. I think it's really amazing to watch. Um, and yeah. it's something that we did once we had a baby. Yeah. Um, so I guess like that was a bit of a difference there is like we had no idea what we were going to end up doing as work or like how we were going to bring the money in while we were in the bus and all this stuff. Mm. Um, but there was a big element of trust and just like, like staying true to our visions and our goals and just knowing it's going to unfold in the right way. Um, yeah. So for us, like being on the road with a toddler was honestly like our, our boys just love to be outside. Mm. Um, and so it really suited Tao when, when he was at that age. We, yeah. you know, there's not much opportunity to just sit in, in a bus all day and do nothing. Um, it's a very small space. Um, yeah, yeah. So we were just always at the beach or in the forest or big open spaces and, and just really chasing after him yeah. the whole time. Um, and I think, you know, we were doing YouTube videos and growing our audience, um, but not monetizing you know it got to the point where maybe we were making about five hundred dollars a month from youtube yep not enough to sustain really anyone's lifestyle yeah well there's there's your fuel at least I mean, there's a f- <laughs> 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 um and yeah really just we looking back like i'm so grateful that we really just took that time to to be there for Tao mm-hmm. and he just did really what he wanted to do um, and we just followed him um, and that was that was a solid year of, mm-hmm. of travelling up and down the East Coast um, and... So, so what else did you do? Like were you stopping off working at cafes here and there or what? like if it's 500 bucks a month, what, what else did you kind of do to you know, eat and, and survive as a, as a little family in a coaster. Yeah. So, so we had a bit of savings behind us. Yeah. Um, we were making, yeah, a little bit through YouTube, a little yeah. bit through some like affiliate, um, links that my partner was doing through Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <clears throat> we were like, we're incredibly grateful in Australia that when you, you when you become parents, um, and when you're earning under a certain amount of money, um, which even me working full-time comes in under that, um, you get government support. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were on like a family kind of support as well um, from the government, yeah, yeah. a financial support. Yes. Yeah, um, that like I would never recommend to live that lifestyle and live off that support because it's, yeah. it's nothing. And honestly, it was like pretty – pretty stressful a lot of the time yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah you're looking at maybe you know a couple of hundred dollars a week yeah, um, yeah. so we were you know it's wild to look back on we when we were doing our grocery shopping and stuff we like I had my calculator on my phone yeah true like calculating what we could afford um, and there were times when we would be stuck in a certain place because we couldn't afford petrol so we'd just have to wait yeah. Um, until we got paid from YouTube or, or whatever um, to be able to put some fuel in the tank and move on. Um, yeah, but right. I guess like uh, the biggest um, the biggest really message behind what we were doing and like how we did it was 
like we just knew something was going to come of of this. We were we it was a lifestyle that we were really passionate about and like the bus was was a huge goal of ours um and we were like we were making our dreams come true even though like financially we weren't super um abundant at that stage um we knew if we followed what really lit us up opportunities were going to present themselves um so yeah, we I love that yeah um and we so we did the bus stuff full time for a year and then fell pregnant with our second son um yeah. and that was an incredible journey witnessing my partner being pregnant while we we're on the road and then we hired a little cottage to give birth and um yeah uh i just want to touch on that a little bit there that you said there right so this is probably one of the most common things that people you know when they come up against a challenge and especially financial and especially being new parents like when people come up against a challenge like that but you've actually got a burning desire to actively do what you want like you will push through those challenges but i feel like like too often in this day and age as soon as a hurdle like is shown or an obstacle is in the way of you know being at rock bottom financially there for a little bit like of course you got to do that if you know you're starting a brand new business you've got no idea what you're doing if of course you got to do that if you want to live that lifestyle and I really respect that you guys pushed through and like, you know, now look at you guys, you, you, you're both full-time parents. You've got your place in the Sunshine Coast. Like it's amazing to see, you know, from that, like having a calculator calculating your, your grocery bill mm -hmm. to having that burning desire, like something's going to come. I've got a knowing and a strong desire to push through to yep. create that. Like, so yep. yeah, let's touch on that a little bit, like where you guys are now with, you know, starting up your business you yep. can actually explain that a bit better than i yep. can so yeah. yeah so it is it is really wild and i think in that journey of of that sort of entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey um of like not knowing exactly how it's all going to work but knowing that it is going to work um there were times there were many many times of just being like fuck like we can't, we can't mm. get going. This is, this is ridiculous. Like, what are we doing? Um, and at those times we'd like, you know, we'd put tail to bed and mean that we'd just sit up for half the night, just talking and like writing our dreams down and our goals down and how we wanted our life to look in six months time or 12 months time and just getting mm. really clear on exactly what we wanted and how we wanted it. Um, and often those you know, those times would come when it was like grocery day when we'd have to go shopping and it was just like this almost sometimes this sickening feeling of like we, we can't afford the food we want to eat. Mm. Um, and food for us is like number one. Yeah. Like we, now, we, now we only shop at like organic fruit and veg shops. Like we hardly ever go to Woolies or anything and it feels incredible. It just um, tastes better and it and feels it, better in the body, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, like we started our business. We had a business opportunity fall into our lap um, around when our second son was born. So mm -hmm. when he was two months old, we started our business and, and this business is um, revolved around health and wealth and sustainability and us being able to teach and mentor other families like ourselves um, to be able to step away from that sort of standard nine to five grind where one partner, one 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 parent goes to work for five days mm. a week and doesn't get to witness their children growing up um, we get to offer these people 
an alternative and teach yeah. them how to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, it's super cool. <laughs> yeah, it really took off for us, and and it's all online. It's yeah. all through social media. Um, yeah. It is something that can be done completely offline as well. But but we spent those two to three years online building an audience that we then now are able to utilize yeah. um, and monetize from. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like from in this last year um, of running our business, um, we have completely replaced and increased my full-time income. Um, yeah. And that's just a wild feeling that we're now – you know, now we're paying $600 a week to rent a house, like our yeah. dream rental yeah. in the Sunshine Coast in the most epic suburb, like yeah. on the most epic land, surrounded by the most incredible people. Um, and like like, a, like two years ago... Calculating your food bill. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just... Um, so it's been a wild ride, but it is so... Like we, we it's rewarding, like, you know, like putting yourself out there to have that desire and that goal and then pushing through and actually getting it. Yep. At the time of, you know, calculating your food bill, it may have felt like, oh, this is not the dream that I was thinking of travelling around in a bus sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think because we've been through all of those experiences, we're now able to help others who are in the exact same situation um, come out of that and yeah. give others a, a, a new sort of look and a, a new opportunity um and um so that's where it's at now really hey yeah really really be able to just support these people from that from that rock bottom state not that everyone comes into this business from a rock bottom state but mm. um you know most people have been through something like this and like we had no idea that this is what entrepreneurship looked like, you know, yeah. like, and it, and I constantly, I'm constantly reminded that it's, it is such a, it's a yo-yo. <laughs> it is, it is. And it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It's still a roller coaster, and it's yeah. still up and down because when you are responsible for everything mm. to do with your business and to do with your income, like, like it's something that we're just not really taught about from a young age. No, um, and so, you know, we're all just working it out as we go. Um, yeah. And not, you know, when you can't rely on that like consistent paycheck, you know, you're like, okay, I go to work, I get a salary, it's a thousand bucks a week. I know I've got that for the next 12 months. Like that's not the case. Yeah. You might have a 20 grand month, but you then, if you don't work the next month, you might have a two grand month. And then like, <laughs> what the fuck are you going to do then? Like, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it's, 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 Super wild, but so rewarding as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the things that I, I wouldn't mind touching on too. Is the the yo the yo yo ness of entrepreneurship is we always see it like especially with Instagram and Facebook and all that sort of stuff, right? That it's it's people with cool cars and all that sort of jazz. Like that's not the norm in entrepreneurship. Like depression and anxiety is actually way higher in entrepreneurs. And they've got jacked up nervous systems, they're stressing, they're grinding, all this sort of stuff all the time. But a lot of people don't talk about, you know, like I've had a couple of days where I've, I've done five-figure days and then nothing for a month. So, like, that's massive yo-yos and, and, it, ch and it changes your state and your belief in what you're actually doing. But 
to me, at the end of the day, like I've I've I could go back to doing FIFO tomorrow. Like I could get a job out there and sit in that safety job and earn a quote unquote good income and you know live that mainstream narrative. However, for me, if I'm doing a you know a roster work where I'm going to be away from my newborn child and my partner, like I'm literally missing out on half of their life, and that's not for me. I would rather be you know at home earning less but actually being there with my family and friends more consistently mm. like to me that's to me that success it's and a success gets looked at a lot just on the monetary or you know material things that someone will have mm. but just because someone has money or a cool car or a nice house doesn't mean that they're successful in their relationships with their partner, with their friend, mm. you know. doesn't mean that they're a healthy human being and looking after their actual body so mm. that they can thrive in everyday life and feel fucking good mm. while they're on mm. that entrepreneurial journey. So, mm. like, for me, that's what this podcast is based around is he- mm. your healthy wealth and relationships. And to me, if you've got a good balance between all three of those pillars, that's success. Mm. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and and when you're when you're able to, you know, as you said, you could go and step into a, a FIFO role super easy. Um, mm. But the minute, you know, whether you have a child or not, as soon as you go FIFO, you're spending two weeks, three weeks away from your partner if you have a partner, mm. um, and like like that relationship is going to take on a whole new look um, mm. when you're all of a sudden doing that. You're spending half a year apart. Um, and then you add a child into the mix and it's, it's just like, it's just not healthy. Mm. It's just not healthy. And when you're like, I, my partner and I have actually been having some conversations as of late around like how strong our relationship is. Um, Mm. because I think, you know, it's also easy to forget that when you're, you know, the daily life of parenting and running a business from home and like it's it's not all sunshine and rainbows it's not all smooth sailing (laughs) like it is so wild um it's so rewarding but it's really wild and it's also really easy to kind of i think in parenthood in general just to forget to connect back in with your partner and to just like have some nourishing conversations and just have some like you time um whenever your kids may allow that to happen. Yeah, Sometimes it's not until midnight. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just, like, looking at my relationship with my partner and the relationship we have together, like, it's so incredible to see where we're at as people and as a, as a partnership. Um, but that really, in my eyes, comes down to the choices we've made mm-hmm. around prioritising our relationship and our family over anything else first and knowing that when we have a strong relationship and a strong family unit, the rest will flow. Yeah. Um, And I think that's really, really important and often really forgotten about. Mm, Right. Yeah. And uh, especially, like, as you said, it's, you know, not that healthy being away from family and that. Like, I did see that a lot in the FIFO world. Like, there was one one or two things that was happening there. Like, the fella that was out at, the rigs or on that construction job being away from the family for weeks on end, it was either really crushing him or it was an escape from a toxic relationship 
that was actually that was the only thing that was holding the relationship together was that they were separated for half of the like mm. half of their relationship. They weren't actually together. Yeah. So like that's the two things that can come up there. So when when we're talking about parenthood or fatherhood or motherhood or, or whatever, you've got to have that strong relationship first. And that's something that I'm super grateful to have with Sky. And it's great to see, you know, y- yourself and Nat have the same thing. So um, I don't know if you want to like go into how you guys are, are parenting, which is pretty fucking amazing. Like you spend so much time with your kids. It's so cool. And I think that that's, I don't know, any of the kids that I know that had really present parents and were around with them and going and doing actively, you know, teaching them how to garden or make something or, or whatever, or ride a bike and spray paint even with my old man when I was a bit younger. I remember that. Like those types of things, like if they get missed, like I feel like the, the, the child suffers and, that, and that's something that I'm actively really trying to put into my fatherhood mm. journey at, mm. at the start and, mm. and making myself aware that that's how I want to show up. I want to be there with my kids. So, and it's great to say that you're actually doing that every single day. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, like I think like for me, like for both me and my partner, it comes very naturally to just include our kids in everything we do. Mm. Um, so there's never really been a huge separation between like what the adults do and what the kids do. Mm. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people like wouldn't look at parenthood like that. Um, and that's totally cool. Um, but for us, like it's really, we do everything all together. Um, and the kids are very much there to, to help us um, in all of that stuff too. So, um, you know, we're very grateful to be able to run a business that we can um, schedule around our kids essentially yeah. um, and it's only just really getting to a point now where you know we've actually hired a nanny um, so oh, you did yeah, yeah. Um, yeah cool. which is a huge step for us um, because as I said like we've just been with our kids every day since they're born yeah um, and you know there's there are a few things now in our business where we do have to just like schedule and be like okay we've we've got to have a call now and up until this stage, like our eldest boy is about to turn four and our youngest is a year and a half. Um, And up until this stage, we've kind of been able to be like, okay, we've got a call now. We're going to put a show on for the kids and they can Mm -hmm. sit and watch. And our youngest would be young enough to kind of just like sit with us and breastfeed or just toddle around or whatever. And now, you know, the kids will sit and watch something for 15 minutes and then they'll come and ask for food and then they'll come and ask for this and then they want us to do this. And (laughs) it kind of got to the point where we weren't being able to show up on our team calls and stuff like that. Um, So it was like, okay, what what, we're going to have to start implementing something else um, because before that as well, most of our work would get done between the hours of like 8 and 11 at night once they'd gone to bed. Um, And that was a whole nother sort of... um, kettle of fish in terms of like bedtime and and productive work yeah kids never go to bed on time and we wouldn't end up starting work until like 9 10 p.m um and getting a couple of hours in and that was just not sustainable at all um so it's been a a huge progression but now um uh like implementing a few different structures within the week that actually allow us to run a smoother life business life family life um but you know in terms of including the kids in in everything we do like my favorite thing as a father to do with um with my boys is 
to be in the garden. Yeah. And and they love it. They really love it. So I think it's really like becoming in tune with what your kids are like um, and what what makes them happy. Um, and as I said, from the get-go, from the minute our boys were born, they just want to be outside. Mm. And so you put a shovel or a hammer or a saw in their hand and they're <laughs> just like they're gone for hours. Um, and so, you know, we make garden beds together and we grow food together and we... Um, over making fires too. We love like <laughs> making fires is just like it's the most therapeutic activity for all of us. Like it's so beautiful at the end of the and uh, at the end of the day to do that. Um, we mow the grass together, and we you know we do we do all those activities together. And um, when we've always included the, the kids in that, um, I think um, you know there's there's definitely when you're a really present kind of conscious parent and father in this particular instance, um, you know, our kids are our biggest reflections um, and biggest triggers. Um, And so when you're like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of understanding your child and trusting your child because your child knows what they want and knows what they need. Um, And then there's also a lot of like surrendering to that and how you think it should look to how they need it to look. Mm. Um, And like, it's, yeah, it's, it's such a, it's an incredibly challenging journey to be a full-time parent. Yeah. Um, And, like the mothers out there that are that are full-time mothers um, and that's kind of just what they do because that's the norm and their partner goes to work. Like these women need to be like commended more because it is so challenging to yeah. be a full-time parent. Um, and do you think coming back to your childhood, that was something that you wanted to, you know, really support Nat with was seeing your mum without you know, that father role there and you kind of stepped into that at a young age as early teens. Is that something that you were, I don't know, I don't know, consciously or unconsciously mm. doing going, you know, I'm going to be, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there as a dad mm. and help Nat through this, mm. like, you know, parenthood. Not to say that fathers that go to work um, and have a tradie job or anything don't help. It's just, you know, like actively being there every single day and sharing that time with the kids and and giving the mother a break throughout the day instead of the mum you know doing that nine to five say and then it's the father's turn when he gets home when he's he's wrecked from work yeah yeah and i that's the beauty of being able to work and run our business from home is we get to choose the times of day where we can have the kids and the other one can have a break or or vice versa Mm. um and i think it's really interesting coming from a family where mum did absolutely everything um and yes when i got a bit older i was there to help out and stuff but to then now being in a partnership and having a family where you know nat is someone who really for her to um function from like her highest level um she she needs time yeah she needs time especially in the mornings so she needs time to do her self-care stuff um to do some stretching and to um uh, incorporate some ritual into her day and to you know just get ready for the day um she's someone who really needs that because if she's not if she doesn't get that, 
she finds it really challenging to show up um, as her full self during the day. And for me, I'm very like capable of kind of getting up and just jumping into the morning routine for the ki- with the kids and doing breakfast. And uh, I think I was joking to Sky the other day of like, you know, I thought I quit hospitality, but like this is like the hardest hospitality job I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> On the breakfast shift every day of the year. <laughs> um, and the most demanding customers. <laughs> um, Chucking food on the floor and yeah, all sorts yeah, yeah. <laughs> So just being able to um, construct our day around our needs and... and, and um, support nat in that otherwise you know like if you were just going straight out to work at a cafe like nat probably wouldn't have got that time mm. and then had the shits for the rest of the day and yeah, then yeah, when yeah. you come home it's like yeah. here's the kids i've had enough kind yeah. of thing yeah. yeah and i know like i feel like this is for majority of people this is like not the norm right this is mm. um this is uh i guess kind of unheard of um and I just want to like remind everyone that like everyone has the opportunity to, to create a lifestyle like this. Um, and, um, God damn, there's some opportunities online now. Like just choose one and go with it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There are so many different opportunities out there. Um, and I think like we're, we're incredibly grateful to be where we're at and to be able to construct our days the way we do but it's taken a good few years to really get there. And yeah. like a lot of, you know, like hard in quotation marks work, you yeah. know, um, a lot of deep work. Um, and yeah, just like super grateful for to be able to live the way we are and to be able to support our kids the way we support them um, and each other the way we support each other. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for me, it's also like I've got to remind myself that um, – when you're around your kids full time, you need a break. You mm. definitely need a break. Um, it's not like all like lovely rainbows all the time just because you're around your kids all the time. Like yeah. your kids, like it, it need will a mandate every now and then. You need a mandate, <laughs> man. That's what you're for. Yeah. <laughs> it will like, it will drill you to the ground. Like yeah. it's not healthy to be on like on demand for your children 24 mm. seven. Um, and so that's something that, you know, as our, I feel like it was really easy to navigate all that until about the age of three. Mm-hmm. And then when our boy, our older boy turned three from then onwards, like it became like, holy shit, like I've really got to start implementing some some things in my day where, you know, Nat loves her ritual and all of that stuff. Um, and I've got to start taking some time for myself because I can very easily just keep showing up and keep being on demand for my kids. Um, and I most, like I... I can do that for a long time and then I'll, it'll just like hit me. Yeah, um, that's burnout. Same, same in the entrepreneurial world, right? Like if you're not supporting yourself yep. like throughout the practice, whether that's exercise, you know, like going for a coffee with your mate or shooting hoops with you with your friend, going for a surf, like that's my thing. I need to go for a surf, like that's my thing. But if you, if you don't do that and you're just like pushing, 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 like – yeah, cool. Like you could do that for a while, but you're always going to burn out. And the yep. same thing with kids, right? Yep. And it's something I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm, I'm still learning how to do. Um, and I'm still learning like what I want to do in those times. Um, exercise is a big thing that I'm like, is a big goal of mine to incorporate more into my life. Um, mm. 
and you know for me jumping on and 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 just listening to a podcast and yeah. maybe getting up before the kids in the morning and listening to an hour podcast and just kind of filling my cup up in that way um yep. i love listening to especially other fathers speaking other mm-hmm. fathers in the entrepreneurial world um yeah and you know, other people's journeys and um just like switching off from that parenthood hat for an hour a day um is very important um, it makes a huge difference huh? yeah and catching up with you know people like yourself having a coffee and having yeah. a yarn and doing this man this is like this is epic this is like <laughs> the best thing i've done in a long time <laughs> <laughs> been a couple of weeks since our mandate so <laughs> this is it this time so yeah yeah um all right man well let's get into like we'll start to wrap this up but just from you like out of your learning you know as a young father figure and now like a true father figure for your family what is what is a couple of the i guess pillars of that look like that you've have found that are i guess helpful to be a be a father and and navigate as an entrepreneur and and a, as a, as a present father um I'll let you sit with that for a second. <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm not so good at these loaded questions. <laughs> it's a it's a super interesting question. And I think for me, it's been like I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of other fathers speaking of their experience and how like it's, it's completely thrown them and they've had to readjust their life. And, mm. you know, they may have come from quite like an holi- a holistic background and they've done a lot of work in their life and inner work and stuff like that. And even still coming into fatherhood just like com- completely throws them and brings up so much shit for them. Um, mm. For me, coming into fatherhood was just like such a natural progression and I never really felt like I had to... Um, like I'm so grateful for like a question like this that you've just asked me. Um, it makes me think and makes me kind of, I guess, more like um, shed back the layers of it, and yeah, or even just like structure what I think about fatherhood and coming into it, and like pillars, you know, like yeah. some like really important pillars when coming into fatherhood and being a present father. Um, for me, it just comes really naturally. Mm. Um, and so, you know, a question like that, you know, I have to sit and think about what do I do? Yeah. Um, and. Well, that's um, that's kind of one of the cool things about you. Like I've just been observing not only like in like just from your social medias and your stories and that, but like in, in person as well. And, it, and you can really tell that it does come naturally to you. So maybe it's has it's a bit of a hard one to think about what you actually do. Yeah, I think there's some, I think as I mentioned earlier, there's some big things when it comes to being a present and conscious father. Um, And I think a couple of those big things is um, uh, really learning to trust your child Mm -hmm. and trust that they know what they need and being a safe place for them. Um, I think we can very quickly, you know, a kid can have a tantrum and a kid can be kind of in quotation marks misbehaving. Mm. Um, And often it's just kind of overlooked that, Hey, maybe, maybe all they need is for us just to actually like hold them and not Mm. like reprimand them or not tell them they're doing the wrong thing or, anything like that and just to kind of hold space i've just had as you know like we've just had a month of 
some pretty big shit coming up for my four-year-old. Um, and honestly, probably the hardest month of my life yeah. um, in terms of having to just hold space and hold space for him to be able to go through what he's going through. And that looked like sometimes like six to eight hours a day of just sitting there with him doing nothing else but saying that you're safe and that we're here for you and like that was it yeah boy, I mean. and like every night um like another so i guess this leads into another kind of pillar is being as a as a father um being kind of in tune with your emotions and being okay with expressing your emotions um and for me, a lot of like a lot of uh, sadness came up in that month, and so like a lot of nights, me and my partner would just sit on the couch, just crying. Mm. Um, I would be, I'd put him to sleep, and I'd just be crying, and I'd just be trying to explain to him that we just want him, like he's completely fine, he's healthy, yeah. he's happy, he's beautiful, yeah. but he was going through some big stuff. Um, yeah, and I would just be explaining to him that it's really hard for us to see him when he's. Um, uh, not comfortable mm. um, and not happy and um, yeah that's that's really hard for us um, yeah. especially when we there's nothing we can really do um, and so just like expressing and letting out like you know I think it's a common story that we hear that men yeah. are not able to express their emotions and yeah. I think like we it's completely untrue, but we've just been conditioned into like, that's just what you do. You just don't, yeah. you just don't cry. You just kind of toughen the fuck up. And yeah. that's never been me. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a very emotional, emotional human being. I come from like my mother's very emotional. Um, you know, I guess my dad is not, but I've kind of, I guess, taken a lot from mum cause I grew up yeah. with mum. Um, so yeah, like, letting those emotions out um, because if you don't let those emotions out after a while, like your kid, your kid picks up on that um, and they will be the same and, and, and they'll start to pick up these things from you too. Whereas if you express that, like it felt kind of full on for me to be like crying to my son. Mm. Um, but I could see in him that he could just really see how like, upset I was and that I just wanted to help him and I just wanted him to be safe and comfortable um and there was just like a really great understanding there so really just like yeah being well I, I guess that like to put that simply for the listeners what I heard there was you know really listening to your child and and like you know being aware of them and accepting and, and hearing them and then also for this the same back towards you know tell her they're like telling him you know like i've got these emotions that are coming up for me like you know this is this is i'm here for you and and it's okay to let these emotions out like mm. that's super powerful for mm. like for me I, I know that it's only taken me up until 12 months ago or, or a bit longer now for me to actually have the ability to cry again so and that was from a full lifetime of shoving stuff down you know toughen up harden the fuck up eat some concrete all that sort of jazz like that that was that was like how i've sort of 
come up and mm-hmm. with my friends, family, all that sort of jazz. Mm. Like that, that's that's how it was. So, mm. like, I feel like that's super powerful, man. Just to mm. listen to your kid and then actually show those emotions and and be okay. That like tell them that it's okay to bring this stuff up. Yep, yep. And I and I think another another really important pillar is just like learning the art of surrender, mm. um, because nothing ever stays the same when a child is growing <laughs> like you know you have a newborn and they maybe they're sleeping really cool like really great and then you're getting great night's sleep and then three months later all of a sudden they're up all night you're like what the fuck happened like you were just like a really good sleeper and now you're not like mm. um and then they'll go back to sleeping well and then like forever changing the days are different and they need to be held more and blah 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 um and so just really especially when you're running a business alongside your alongside being a parent um especially when it's from home surrendering to a changing schedule Mm. um and um (laughs) you know that our our youngest boy um he only now like at a year and a half he's he's now going to bed consistently at the same time yeah um but when he was younger he would sometimes go to bed at six o'clock, sometimes go to bed at midnight, sometimes go to bed at 10. Like it just changed so much. And there were a lot of frustration and a lot of kind of like anger came up around that. Um, And the minute you start projecting that onto a child that's like seven months old, you're like, whoa, what the fuck am I doing? Like (laughs) this baby, like he's not doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to shift what I'm trying to get done because this is not working. And I was actually just listening to another podcast on the way here this morning and he was saying the same thing that like so much shit was coming up for him when he'd just become a father and he was like, okay, cool. Like it's like I'm kind of on father duty when um, my daughter is going to have a nap at like 10 o'clock in the morning. So um, so she'll nap for two hours and I'll be able to get this, this and this done. And then it gets to that time in the day and she doesn't nap. Yeah, and <laughs> and a lot of frustration comes up for him, and he was just, you know, talking about how he was having to kind of, yeah, just like um, prioritize his time differently and um, shifting schedule, shifting schedule. Um, so yeah, I think really like trusting your child, um, being okay with um, like releasing emotion. And, and then surrendering to, to that journey um, are yeah. three really, really big things when, when yeah, I love that, becoming man. a father. Yeah. Yeah, solid. Yeah. Well, man, this, is, this has been absolutely amazing. But um, I'm about to drop another one of these questions on you. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, so to, at the end of each of my podcasts, because like, this is literally, it's based on life experience, the experiences of others. So I just want you to like sit there for a moment and just think like out of all of your life experience, what is one, two, three, however many things that you want to share, what is something that out of all of your life experience that you can share with the listeners that has been your truth or your knowing out of all of that for you? Um, it's like kind of like a process or 
Yeah, so it can be anything. So anything out of out of all of your life experience, want, what's something that you could leave for the listeners that yeah. can, you know, improve their health, their yeah, wealth, yeah. their relationships, their whatever? I think the I think the biggest thing looking back especially over the last few years and something that I always really felt um I felt like I didn't believe it was kind of true mm. um until now when we're making so many of our dreams come into our reality yeah is just to get really fucking clear on where you want to be in six months' time, 12 months' time. So getting really clear on your goals, on your aspirations, on your dreams, like down to the nitty-gritty and like knowing the more clear you are on those, um, the more sort of essentially it's it's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to make it happen um, because the clearer you get, the more kind of little action steps you can put into place and the quicker you're going to start to see these things popping up and showing up in your life. Um, and I can't reiterate that enough because over the last few years, like, as I said, like three years ago or four years ago when we had our first son, we had no fucking clue as to like how we were going to make this work or what we were going to be doing, doing as like have, as our income, as our business. But we knew the life we wanted to be living. We knew where we wanted to be living it. We knew the house we wanted to be living in or the bus we wanted to be living in. Yeah. And once we got really clear on all that stuff, it allowed us to put more kind of actionable steps into place to start achieving those things. Um, and I think it's really easy just to get caught up in like nothing's ever going to change because like now I've just got my job and, you mm. know, that's just kind of how it is. Um, and there's kind of no point in like having big dreams and goals because like, oh, that's – that's for the dreamers and that like yeah. that's never going to come true anyway. Um, but yeah. So just being fucking clear on it and, and, and driving towards that every single day. It doesn't have to be work exactly how you've written it out, yeah. but knowing that desired lifestyle, that desired outcome and really just going after that each and every day and feeling that. Eh? And feeling it. Yeah. And, and for us, a lot of that looked like finding other families that were living a lifestyle that we wanted to be living. So mm. I think a big one for us has been surrounding ourselves with people who have the success that we want to have. Mm. And I think that is like huge. That is so important. That's like, that's, yeah. that's probably the main one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like you, you want to surround yourselves with people um, who have the success that you, you're, you're, you desire. Yeah. Um, because that, that, um, that, like makes you see that it's possible mm. because you meet these people and you're like, Oh fuck, you're just like me. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Like that was you 10 years ago. Like that's what, like that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. Like when you surround yourselves with people that you, that you desire to have the success that they have, um, big shit happens. And we're constantly finding that now more and more, the more, the deeper we go into our journey, the more we find ourselves surrounded by people like yourself who like make shit happen with this podcast and <laughs> <laughs> just like other things um, yeah, man. that we take inspiration from. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that.
of that. Yeah, so I think that's super important. Surrounding yourselves with people, with the right people, mm. um, and that that's like a big step in this journey. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're like surrounded by a bunch of Karens that are like, oh, I've got type 2 diabetes, I'm, I'm taking insulin for the rest of my life, oh, like I'm stuck in this shit job. If you're surrounded by that language each and every day, like – you're go- it's going to rub off on you. I don't care what anyone says. It rubs off on you. And 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the same with me on the rigs. Like, shit. The boys, like, I, I love a fair few of the boys out there. I still talk to a few of them. But, like, there was a lot of negativity out there. It's, like, complaining about being out there. Like, oh, I've got no other skills and that. And whereas I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm over it. I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. And... I didn't really, like, I knew that I'd be able to make an online income again and, and do something that I'm passionate about, yep. but that's a big thing for a lot of people to yep. leave leave a, a job like that with no actual plan other than this fucking sucks, I can make money doing something else yeah. and, and I'll make it happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Thank you very much for coming on to the show today. I, I absolutely love this episode, so um, I'm sure we'll run it back again. Maybe we'll have to get you and Nat and when you've got the, the babysitter around <laughs> yeah. to, to come in and have a bit of a chat around uh, parenting and whatnot again in the future, amen. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. It's an absolute pleasure and it's so nice to share my story and hopefully inspire others to, um, yeah, know what's out there. Um, and I feel like these conversations can just go on and on and on. Bloody and <laughs> I'm sure we'll keep talking again over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Well, um, I'll leave all of your social links and whatnot in the show notes for the listeners that want to, you know, actively see what, what you're doing, like going and making cool fires and, and garden yeah. beds and, and yeah. a bit about your business and they can and touch base with you there, man. So yeah, cool. thanks again, bro. Yeah. And I actually, I'll just drop this um, just to hold myself super accountable to this yeah, as yeah. well. I am, um, today has inspired me even more. Um, I'm going to be starting my own podcast Yes. Um, that's <laughs> revolved around um, men and birth um, and that experience and, and, and having other fathers coming into like being on the podcast and sharing their story and their, their experience with, with um, supporting their partner through pregnancy and birth and what that's looked like for them with, mm-hmm. a, with a really big focus on birth um, because yeah. I know like a lot of to-be fathers, they just have no idea what birth looks like, what it can look like. Um, what the woman goes through and how they can be there to support them in that time. Um, and so I feel like that's a really necessary thing for other other men to hear and learn about. Um, and so, yeah, yeah that, that, that'll be done through me getting guests on and, and then sharing their stories. So I'm really excited to, to dive into that soon. Yeah, perfect, man. Well, yeah. I'll have a story in a few weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, perfect, man. Well, thank you very much. And um, yeah, talk soon. Thanks, bro. Thanks for listening to The Ty Lucas Show. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to visit tylucas.com.au for more free resources to improve your health, wealth, and relationships. And if you love this show, leave us a five-star review. See you in the next episode.